0: welcome to the way of the womb podcast my name is beck i'm your host and i'm a trauma-informed holistic birth and doula womb worker and earth lover i am here to support you and all womb owners whether that's through your monthly cycles and navigating the everyday, or whether that's to support your journey through the rite of passage of pregnancy and birth my passion is to support souls to come home to themselves so you can connect back to your innate power, your intuition and the wisdom of your body, so you can feel empowered and live your truth. On this platform, we will be discussing periods, pregnancy, plant medicine, birth, trauma, mental health, spirituality, earth to body connection and everything in between. This is a place for conscious souls to gather so that together we can heal, thrive and live authentically, unapologetically as ourselves. This is the Way of the Womb podcast. In this podcast we discuss topics which may be traumatic for people to witness or to listen to so please bear that in mind before listening to the remaining part of this podcast. Sending lots of love. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast today. I'm super excited. I have one of my old friends on Chloe. Chloe, thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Okay,
1: so I'm Chloe. I'm 27. Um, I had a daughter last April during the height of the pandemic. Um she's my first child. Um yeah, and I had her in Oxford and now I live in Formby, in a place in Liverpool, by the way. If anyone doesn't know where that is. <laughs> so, like, small fishing village on the outskirts. Got a beautiful <laughs> beach. <laughs> <laughs> Red squirrels and all that. But um yeah, I mean, I'm a prosthetic technician. I make arms and legs for people and
0: yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And so I know we've just spoken a little bit briefly before we started recording the podcast um, but yeah so would you mind starting at the beginning of your pregnancy and yeah take us on your journey if you do mind so when I first noticed like something was happening
1: um, I had these like massive massive migraines and I was like oh god something's happening like gonna have to find out and um kind of got worse, this, like, pain in my head, and I was like, oh, God, I'm going to have to take a test. So I found out I was pregnant and everything, and, um, yeah, from that moment on, I kind of, like, went downhill. Like, I had hyperemesis gravadium, which is just, like, continuing vomiting, like, all day, mm. all night. Like, it was so hard. I was dehydrated. Because I was dehydrated, I was getting, like, these water infections. I kept getting tonsillitis. Like, it wasn't a great time at all. And then on top of that, I had um, SPD and pelvic girdle pain. So like where my placenta was like lying, it was very low and Cherry was lying very low. So she was pressing against like my sciatic nerve and everything. And it was just absolute agony. Like I had crutches for like the majority of my pregnancy. Like I could not move like simple tasks. I couldn't bend over, I couldn't sit down properly without like Mm -hmm. crying out in pain. Um and I also like because all this was happening, I kind of like developed like extreme hyper anxiety. And I had to go into the mental health care team because um it just became a lot like I wasn't sleeping because it was strange. um, The way I can describe it is if I seen, you know, like magpies, like one for sorrow, two for joy and everything. I would, if I seen one before a scan, I'd completely go into a meltdown and think like, this is it. Like something's happened to her or something. This is a sign from like the universe that something's happening to me. Just like very irrational. So the state, my state of mind when I was pregnant wasn't fantastic. And obviously no sleeping because I'm so scared of like something happening to her it just kind of spiraled out of control so I was like under silver star like help so I had like a therapist and I was speaking to someone and they were helping me through because I chose not to take um tablets for it Mm. and uh yeah so it wasn't fantastic I'm not gonna lie it was really like intense and really painful like the whole time
0: sounds very very intense and yeah you know, I know that a lot of people who struggle with severe morning sickness, it can actually be really, really traumatic because it is really yeah. difficult It was um, really, like, awful. I think it was, and they say, like, it
1: gets better, like, eating. Like, I couldn't eat a single thing. It was, like, you know, almost, like, hunger pain. And, like, the smell of, like, fresh air made me sick. Like, I couldn't step outside. Like... I was inside most of the time and because of like my back like crippling me and all this pain that I was getting because she was lying so low like I was literally before even the pandemic had started I'd already been in like not been able to get out of the house for like two months because I was so like in so much pain it was it was really bad like
0: yeah and was this did this continue throughout the whole of your pregnancy oh yeah the
1: whole pregnancy I was so ill I was constantly like tonsillitis, like just kept coming back. It just wouldn't go away. And they can't give you antibiotics like over and over. So it was like, you just have to grin and bear it basically. And like the pain in my back, the only option for that was like codeine and you can't take too much codeine because the baby can become addicted. So it was just, it was hard. It was really like, it was one of the hardest things I had to do. (laughs)
0: Yeah, oh gosh, I'm just like absolutely in awe of you, you know, things we do for our babies I know and how- the journey you've been on to bring earth aside yeah. and the strength you've shown through that time, like that's uh, insane. It's amazing because, you know, if we have a week of that, we'd be telling everyone about it, you know, <laughs> never mind <laughs> nine months of it. Yeah. Um, wow, what, a, what an absolute journey. Did throughout that time did you find ways of kind of easing any of it easing any of the pain um, or something so like that when I first it first
1: happened like when I first had my first scan because um they thought I have um, polycystic ovaries so mm-hmm. it was unknown like how far along I was but they predicted and they said you're 12 weeks this week and this is when you're getting your first scan so I think it kind of, like, triggered when I went to my first scan. They were scanning me, and they couldn't find anything. And I fully went into meltdown mode. I was like, oh, my God, like, what's happening? I thought I'd lost there. And then they told me to, like, oh, come outside. But I think what scared me was the midwife who said, like, have you bled? Like, and she kind of, like, made me feel like, like, you've lost Like the baby and I panicked and I was like oh my god and um, I remember coming back in and everything was fine because they used a probe and they could see it and they were like oh you're just behind from what I thought but since that it kind of just triggered and every time I would think of it I was thinking like this is what I deserve like I don't deserve to have this baby and all this and I don't know why but when I was under the silver star team they were like amazing like they would come in, they'd speak to me. They'd try like coping mechanisms. Like um, they would just try to convince me that basically, like these things that you're thinking, they're just like irrational fears. Like you're catastrophizing things because, like this is a big massive event in your life, and yeah, it is scary. And mm-hmm. this this is the first time that you've ever had a baby, and so it kind of just like comforted me and like talking to my mom and her telling me, because she had um, mental health problems as well, but talking to her, she was, like, telling me, like, everything's going to be okay. Like, Mm -hmm. this is all just, like, a state-of-mind thing. And it's funny, like, when I had Cherry, it kind of all just went, like, instantly. Mm -hmm. Like, as soon as I had her, all them worries that I had, and all them, like, if I'd see a news story or something, like, like, catastrophe, I'd link it and be like, something's going to happen. And just after she was born, like I think it just kind of completely eased. But definitely speaking to people, like I was trying to like just cope with it, but it got to the point where it was just unbearable. Like I couldn't sleep. I was like terrified to go out. And I think just finally speaking to someone, like definitely if you're in like that position, speak out to someone, because they do definitely get in there and help you a lot. But that's how pretty much I cope with it. Like they had a whole team, like, Me all the time checking in on me
0: checking if I was okay yeah that's amazing you had that support and yeah being feeling like you're able to speak to your family and your mum about it as well yeah. must have been um really kind of nourishing and comforting to know that she was there and yeah it's interesting how you say the wording that was used by the midwife because yeah it was almost that's... like
1: she was basically telling me like there's nothing there like that's it like you've had um, like a miss. it was just not nice the way that she like I'm not like trying to slate them but it was just very like even my partner was like that was a bit brutal like mm-hmm. she was just like I need to go to the toilet and then we'll come back and we'll just um we'll double check like but have you bled and um are you sure like you've tested and I was like well yeah and I was like and I'm projectile vomiting every day I was mm-hmm. like there must be something I was like this can't be just a coincidence but I just remember feeling and going in the toilet and like sobbing and I was just like I'm gonna go back in and they're gonna tell me that there's nothing there or something's happened but as soon as like she told me I like burst out into tears and she's like oh I'm really sorry I scared you and I was just like oh my god God, it's just the way that she said it like came across it was just like I can't see anything so I was just like oh
0: my god yeah gosh that must have been so traumatic because obviously the ultimate fear during a pregnancy is kind of yourself aside is baby gonna be okay I
1: genuinely I don't think I enjoyed a scan after it at all Mm -hmm. like I was terrified to go in like every time I was having a scan afterwards like my 20-week one and everything I was full-on having panic attacks like oh my god like some they're gonna tell me something's happened and it just wasn't enjoyable anymore like going to get them scans it was only like on my last scan where I finally felt like okay we're at the last bit now like no more
0: scans like this is it like and it felt safe almost at that point Mm. yeah and do you think that interaction and that scenario that happened at your 12-week scan or what they thought was your 12-week scan was a catalyst for the decline in your mental health I think
1: so I think it really did like it worried me like immensely and then I went home and was like obviously don't do this but google and I just went on and I just was like I need to stop like signs of early miscarriage and all this like it all comes up like even when you just search and like other things and it just kind of got into my head like the universe has sending me signs that I shouldn't be having this baby and it was just really like irrational like the things that I would think and like on my way to a scan like I said if I seen like a magpie or something I'd be like that's it. Like I'm going to get to the scan and they're going to say something's gone horribly wrong and I think it just it was more like every time I went for a scan I'd just panic and I was just yeah. like it's not enjoyable anymore. Yeah, but yeah, but I mean
0: it's so understandable because you know if you go somewhere and have a traumatic experience the body remembers that and the mind remembers and thinks oh so, is something going to happen when I next go for one and yeah it's like the body's natural process of bringing in adrenaline that fight or flight So, um although maybe looking back now you may perceive it to be you know irrational and I do it with my yeah. things as well I look back and think fuck, was I thinking that for that's irrational <laughs> but at the time it's so real and it's actually really valid all of them things yeah. like well of course I'm going to be scared because I experienced that at my first scan or I experienced yeah. that in this place of course my body's going to remember that yeah um but I'm so glad that you had the support and you, it's so unfortunate that, you know, throughout your other scans, you had that kind of yeah. worry and that fear. Um, and it's amazing you can look back now as and even discuss it as we are doing, yeah. knowing and perceiving it from a different kind of viewpoint once you've taken a step away from it. Yeah. um. so hopefully if you come to have another baby, yeah that story (laughs) won't replay you know like even having this discussion now is kind of bringing whatever was there under the surface out so that it doesn't have to be carried within you I guess um which is really amazing and really fucking brave to speak about because a lot of people don't speak about so thank you um and and so after your last scan um can you take us on the journey or further yes. down
1: the path? Um, Harry? I went for my last scan and I was very, very lucky that my partner was able to come in with me. And um, when they measured her, and um, they said, oh "God, she's like quite big. Like she looks like she's going to be about ten pounds or something." So there's me panicking again, and I was like, "Oh my God, I'm about to give birth to a ten pounder." So, anyways, um. I was very lucky he's allowed to come in for the last scan and then I was asking about COVID. I was just kind of worried because I was in a lot of baby groups because up from the UK just to like get information and everything else but there was all these women from all over the UK and there stories like cropping up of like birth and partners not allowed or being turned away for like scans and everything. And I did my last scan and then literally, as I like walked out, they implemented it in my hospital. Like they said, like then and there, no partners are allowed, like that's it. Like no more partners allowed in scans and everything. So I was really lucky on that factor. So I think I got to my due date, which was Easter, the 14th, no, the 12th, the 12th of April. And there was no signs, there was nothing. (laughs) I was just sat there and I was just like, please be so,
0: because I was just in so much pain. And were you still being sick at this point? Oh yeah, I was was still like,
1: it wasn't so much, it wasn't as as bad as the start and the second trimester, but I was still like, like certain smells, like the smell of bin bags, the smell of soil, and like the smell of like fresh air, I'd vomit, I'd just like, no, I can't cope. (laughs) It was really like, it was just completely random but I was still being sick and I still was having these crutches I couldn't walk anywhere like it was just agony like even getting out of bed so I was just done I was like I'm finished I'm ready
0: (laughs) yeah bring it get to arrive yes
1: (laughs) I was doing everything I could I was like please just let it happen I remember going to the midwife my last appointment and um I was speaking to her and I was like when will I know like I'm in labor and she was like it'll be the most intense pain you've had she said you won't be able to speak and I was like is it just like a period pain like extreme and she was like yeah like the most extreme period pain that you've ever had and I was like all right okay so a couple of days passed and then I was booked in for a sweep Um, I think it was like five days overdue I was meant to have it And then obviously COVID and everything had happened, it all just got canceled. And I was literally the day before I was meant to have my sweep, I got a phone call from the midwife and she was like, it's all been canceled, no sweeps, nothing. So you're only allowed to sweep when you're two weeks over now. Mm -hmm. And I was just devastated. (laughs) And I was just like, oh no. So that happened. And then it finally got to the 18th of April and I started to get these pains and um it was getting more and more intense so I started to count them because I was like these are contractions definitely i had been having like Braxton Hicks but these were like the real deal and I remember sitting there timing them and I rang the um maternity assessment unit and I told them like what was happening and um they told me to come in because it was quite like wasn't the worst pain I felt, but it was like getting stronger and stronger, and it was just like, mm, this is like concerning that. And obviously, so where,
0: were you at home at this point? What were no, you in that home. day?
1: I was at home, and that me set the scene for me. <laughs> so I was literally I, I think I was it I was just watching tv and it just kept happening like I'd been having and Hicks and everything and then it just felt like a really strong period pain but it wasn't like in my back or anything but um I have polycystic ovaries so my periods usually are insane like crippled in pain like sweating like vomiting with the pain like just really extreme pain so I was like waiting for these agonizing pains that I was meant to have so I remember just sitting on the couch and it was happening I was watching my stomach and every time it happened my stomach like tightened and I could see it like the outline (laughs) and it was like (gasps) oh they're really strong I remember just looking at them being like this must be something so I went to the maternity assessment unit like my mum was convinced like this is it she's like on the phone like a lunatic like go to the hospital now please (laughs) so my brother came and picked me up took me to the hospital no one's allowed in with me I have to go in on my own so she like checked she was checking me and um she was like, Do you mind if I check how like dilated you are? This is another thing that happens that wasn't probably great. So she t- asked me and she was like, Have you ever had a sweep before? And I was like, No. And she was like, Oh, it's just like a sweep. Um, it's fine, I'll check you now.
0: But these pains were like getting more and more intense now, like they were really bad. So did she so, say the vaginal examination was like having a sweep? Yeah okay yeah but
1: I feel it felt like she was digging like I don't know it was so much pain like it was really bad like I cried out when she did it it felt like she was like giving me a sweep like Mm
0: -hmm. and I
1: I remember just being like stop 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 and she was like I can't reach like my cervix is like it's like tilters and like where everything was lying it's hard to get to so she tried one more time and she was just like no like um I'm going to send you home, she said, but the pains that you're having, like, you're definitely getting there, but what was happening, I was having something called pre-dormal labour, so what is happening is you're getting all the, like, extreme pain of actual labour, but nothing's happening, like, nothing's progressing, so I'm exhausted, I'm in pain, and I was just like, so what do I do? So she gives me these tablets and says, go home, take these tablets, and then we'll see you soon, and I was just like, right, okay, so gets the next day and the pain is still there and it's getting more and more frequent they basically told me like you need to have three contractions like a minute apart all in a row within 10 minutes like in a 10 minute slot and they said don't like come to the hospital or anything until that happens and I was like right okay so got to the 19th I'm still in agony get to the 20th still in agony and then yeah. that night I remember being up like all night and um Connor had this belt and all night I was biting this belt because I was just like just pushed through it I was like this isn't the worst pain you've felt before like it wasn't as bad as what I've had period wise before mm-hmm. and I was like no this isn't it and I um, fell asleep for about an hour but all, um I remember waking up and I had the belt on my mouth and those whole pipe marks and it was like Jesus I need to calm down bless yeah <laughs> but I was just exhausted I remember getting up and I remember standing up from the bed and I just felt this like trickle and I was like is that my waters <laughs> Because when you like watch movies and everything you see like this massive gush of like clear water like this massive balloon that's just popped when in reality they tell you that it can be like that but it's also it can just be like a tiny trickle and I remember them saying like it should be like straw colored and I remember looking and being like that looks straw colored to me <laughs> like, that's odd and I don't know. Yeah. went to the toilet anyway and I was like right I'm just gonna go and whatever and sorry to gross people out but I thought, never got told about this throughout my whole pregnancy, but I Googled it about a mucus plug, and I Mm -hmm. thought this mucus plug had come out days before no <laughs> that like I can't could not believe what I, I was shocked and I was like okay that is definitely my mucus plug. so did you go
0: oh. sit on the toilets, to go for I a, a
1: wave and I wiped and there was mucus plug everywhere and I was like, like a big oh god, bloody boogie yeah <laughs> I was like that's gross but this is happening now yeah and I was just like oh my god and then it just kind of kicked off from there so it was about 11 in the morning. And, after a few hours and after the mucus plug came out and I remember telling Connor and I was like, I think that was my mucus plug. I was like, what happened a few days ago was nothing to what this is today. I was like, that must've just been part of it. Mm. And then I told him, I was like, I think my water's broke, but I don't know. Like, I'm not sure because I've had like water infections and everything, like I had leaks. Like, I'm not gonna lie. (laughs) Like there was times when like I was in agony and I just, yeah. And yeah. there was times that I before that where I thought my water broke, but I hadn't. And um it was just like a switch went off. And I remember sitting in the chair and I was just looking and I was like, I think this is it. And all of a sudden, like it just started. Like I could feel the pains way more. And it was like painful. Like it was the most it was like the level of period pains that I get when I have them bad. Mm-hmm. And I was sat there and I was going to Connor was like hold on one second because the contractions weren't matching the times that they told me so I was trying to hold off as long as I could because I didn't want to get to the hospital and be turned away again so I was waiting and then it just got to a point where I was like okay I can't speak now because of the pain like you're gonna to have to call my brother because my brother was all left to the um, hospital so he's making his way down, it's like 25 minute drive. I'm starting to get these contractions like bad. And I can tell that it's happening because I'm like wailing now. Like I sound like an animal (laughs) and I'm like deeply grunting like, oh my God, like this is happening. Like I wouldn't speak to anyone. I wouldn't look at Connor. I was trying to just concentrate and like bite this belt and just be like, just push through it. Like you're fine, you can do it. And I remember ringing my dad to tell like him and my mum was in the background she was like move <laughs> like, I got onto FaceTime she was me the phone, <laughs> and I was like don't panic but I think it's happened and she was like you've got this Chloe she was like you've got it like you can do it and all this and then I was like right I'm gonna go now and then apparently when I got off the phone she like wailed it was like
0: oh god it's happening <laughs> oh She's and like, how did you feel <laughs> how did you feel speaking to your mom at that point because obviously you're quite far away from each other
1: yeah I felt it was like um it was just the whole situation because of COVID was just sad like I didn't want anyone in the room with me apart from Connor because my mom is a hypochondriac and she'd be like oh my god what's that beat what's that sound what's this so it was just always going to be me and him but it was just sad that they wouldn't be there afterwards like I knew they wouldn't meet her and I knew that they wouldn't meet her for a while like if it carried on the way it was going and um just speaking to her just made me like reassured like yeah everything's going to be fine and it's all going to be good so yeah it was nice speaking to her just before I went in (laughs) so um I'm sitting there and Connor's running around like a headless chicken, getting everything. He's getting the bag. He's sorting our dog out. He's like, okay, like we're ready to go. And my brother pulls up outside and I'm just not talking. And I'm just like wailing every time these contractions come and I just don't even look at car. I'm like, I'm going go to the car. And then I just walk out and my brother's on the phone to my mom and he sees me and he like turned white and he was like, oh Jesus, I've got to go. <laughs> So compared to those few days that he'd seen me before on the 18th, he was like, oh, my God, it's happening. He was like, this is happening. And I remember it just being, like, dead sunny. And as I got to my front door, I was having a contraction, and I just started, like, like this deep gr- grunt. And Chris was looking at me, and he was like, oh, my God. He was like, oh, God. He was like, okay, come on, come on, get in the car. I'm getting in the car and um con gets in and he's like okay we're all gonna go now blah 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 and i remember holding on to the um things whatever they are little handles above the window the front and i'm digging my nails into it because it just get more and more and it was they weren't stopping now like Mm. they were not like they wouldn't stop and i remember being on like um the bypass of the motorway and I was fully getting ready to be like pull over and call an ambulance because I could feel all this pressure and I was like it's happening and I just remember being like please hurry up please hurry up and my brother was like going as fast as he possibly could and he's like it's all right Chloe it's all right as I'm screaming at this and I'm like hurry up please
0: were you saying that
1: too were you saying hurry up yeah I was like please hurry because I was fully getting ready to be like pull over I was like you're gonna have to call an ambulance because she's coming out like I can feel her so we're going up, and I could see the hospital side. I'm like, oh my god, we're so close. And I remember there being like a funeral car it was in front of us, and Chris had to overtake them because he was like, I'm so sorry. He was like, That nah, I'm sorry. And there's me in the back, like, face down, dark eyes, like, like screaming. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. And he was like, Oh god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, went past, got to the hospital, like, Skidded outside, and he was like, "Oh God, go So Connor comes with me and walks me to the front. And there's no wheelchairs because of COVID; <laughs> like they've not got them out or anything. So we get to the front, but before all this happens, I called the midwife to say, "Like I'm coming in. Like this is Chloe Giles. Like I think it's happening." And it just so happens it's the same midwife as who right. done the sweep or examination on me a few days ago. And she was like, "You're joking. You haven't had that baby." And I was like, no. And she was like, I'm actually shocked. She was like, we'll see you in a bit. So they kind of knew, like, I should have been going, like, any second. So as I got to the door, like, Connor's ringing this buzzer because they've locked everything off. Like, you can't just walk into the labour ward now. And if you have to go to maternity assessment, you can't go on the labour wards. So he's buzzing and someone finally answers. And it's like, it's Chloe Giles, like, she's in labour But the woman said to me like, you can't come in to like Connor. So I have to walk on my own (laughs) with no help. Like they said, the midwife wasn't gonna come out. Like I have to walk to maternity assessment on my own. And it's not like some short, like it's just there. Like it's a long, like three or four corridors. So I was like, right, okay. I remember just waddling in, like crying in pain and being like, oh my God, like this can't be happening. There's no wheelchairs, there's no one around. I remember like getting to the last corridor and there was a nurse who saw me and she was like, I'm sorry, like, this is barbaric. She was like, I can't let you walk. Cause she could see I was like grabbing onto like anything and like having contractions, mm-hmm. like screaming out. So I remember seeing the doors from the maternity assessment and the nurse who was now helping me, like ran through and was like, like, she's having a baby like now. And um, I could see them all running around. They're all getting their PPE on and um, they're running through. But um, I walked into the maternity assessment and in the maternity assessment, it's everyone at different stages of the pregnancy. So there's women who have just found out they're pregnant now. It was never like that before. It was all separate, but because mm-hmm. of COVID, we all have to go to this one center. So I probably traumatized a lot of other pregnant women. I just remember walking in, there was these two cleaners, two men, and... I flung like my notes at the woman at the desk, and I just remember holding on to the side and just screaming. And I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "Make it stop!" I was like, "Make it stop!" All these women in the waiting room, like, "Oh my god!" They're (laughs) like shocked. They're just like, "What is happening?" I'm like, "Yeah, but oh my
0: gosh, how traumatic!" Like, and I don't want to say the word traumatic, but. It is traumatic what you. It really was
1: to- like quite oh. bad. Like I couldn't believe like they were making me walk in on my own, and I was just like, "Can you get a wheelchair?" And they were like, "No, we're not giving wheelchairs." And I was like, "You are joking!" I was like, "I can literally feel pressure." I was like, "It feels like she's coming out." I think they just didn't believe me. You know, when you're like a first-time mom, and they're just they kind of like not brush you off but because you've never give birth they're kind of like oh they're just exaggerating like I don't know what they're talking about but I could feel her and I was just like I can't walk because I've got this SPD and this um this pelvic girdle pain like severe I couldn't like walk with the crutches because it's that much pain like to use them because everything's moving And I just remember being like, this, this can't be happening. Like, come on, like someone come and get me, but no one did. And it just so happened that that nurse seen me and she was like, I'm sorry. I can't let you walk like that on your own. Cause I was literally like clawing at the walls. Like, please, someone just come and help me walk down the corridor.
0: Yeah. God, God, Chloe, I'm so sorry that had to be your experience. That's awful. And I'd hate to think how many, how many people's experience have been similar Um, through kind of the cut downs and everything that's been going on this past year it's Um, (laughs) shocking it's so shocking you know no one deserves to be treated like that especially in such a vulnerable space like you know throughout pregnancy it's such a vulnerable journey anyway so to then about to go through the actual journey of childbirth without kind of your loved ones there or your support there It's awful. It's really,
1: really awful. Yeah. It was Mm. bad. And I felt sorry for like the women who were in the waiting room, Mm. especially the ones who just found out or the ones who were like getting checked and everything. Like usually if you're late on, you're in a different like ward completely to them women. And obviously them seeing me like clawing at a wall, screaming because it's like intense now and I'm ready like it must have scared them as well mm. <laughs> they must have been like oh my god <laughs> they're just shocked yeah. so I remember um I remember giving my notes and doing that And I remember it's happening like the contractions happen now and I was screaming and I was like this is getting bad now they're not stopping I remember saying to the midwife they're just not stopping and so they're all getting their equipment on and there was this like nurse on the side she wasn't a midwife but she was like helping them and she kind of got dragged like over to me. Cause I was like, please hold my hand. I don't know who you are, just please. So she kind of got dragged into the room with me because I made her because Connor wasn't there. And I was like, right. And she was just sat there and she was saying, I need to check here before like we do anything. And I was like, yeah, okay. So I am sat there and I'm thinking I'm only gonna be like two centimeters, three centimeters, I can guarantee. Like they told me it'd be like, I wouldn't be able to move or talk or anything. And she said to me, I'm going to check you now. So she tries to check me, extreme pain again, because my tilted cervix or placenta or wherever anything's lying, they could not ever get it like at all. Like even for scans, they'd always, there'd be an issue every time. Like, oh, this is over here or this shouldn't be there. Like I had an anterior placenta as well. So it was even more like difficult to do like scan and everything. But I remember being like, I can't, see how dilated you are because of this the way it's positioned i'm gonna to have to use a speculum so speculum is just this long plastic thing that they use on smear tests and i was like i don't care just hurry up please i was like please just check so i sat there thinking i'm gonna be like three centimeters and she checked and she was like chloe you're fully dilated we need to go now so I was fully (laughs) dilated and I was like it's happening and she was like Chloe do you know if your water's broken I was like I don't know I just remember this water trickling I was like I think it is but I don't know like I thought it would be more than just a trickle and she was like can you pee in this pot for me for some reason like as soon as these like extreme pains started like everything from the waist down just shut down I was like no you're not gonna pee, you're not gonna do anything mm-hmm. like I couldn't and I was like I can't sit on the toilet right now I was like I feel like she's gonna come out of me like this second mm-hmm. <laughs> So, and at this point, had they gone and got Connor and said Connor could come back in? Um, I well, basically she left the room and was like, "You're ten centimeters, like we need to go now." And this woman who I dragged in with me, she didn't, she wasn't a midwife. And I was like, "Can I, can I ring my boyfriend now?" I was like, "Can I tell him to come in? Can I tell him?" to? And she was like, "I don't know," and she was like, "I'm not sure." So as she came back in, I'm getting wheeled in, and I was like, "Can I text my boyfriend?" And she was like, "Yeah." So finally, Connor comes running. Down the corridors, he mm. hadn't even like got back in the car because he knew he was like, I knew you were ready. So he runs in, and the woman next to me, and she was like, "I'm gonna give you some relief now, Chloe. Like you're gonna get some gas and air." And I was like, "Okay, fine." So they get the gas and air ready, and they like get undressed and whatever. We're gonna get you ready,
0: and I'm like, "Oh yeah." Don't and did they did they ask you if you if you wanted gas and air or a particular? drugs you wanted or did they just say we're giving this to you kind I think of it thing? was pretty much because I was like screaming out in
1: pain I was like please give me something I was like please okay just yeah you it. asking but apparently when you get to that point like you will do anything just to not be out of this pain and you're just it's like, like the please. transition yeah mm-hmm. so I remember going in and they got the gas <clears> and she said take a deep breath and I remember sucking in and I nearly vomited everywhere it made me sick and I couldn't take the gas in air; it. it was vile. I was just like, so on top of all this mega pain, I couldn't take this gas in air because I wanted, it made me want to throw up everywhere. So I remember just like spin out and be like, no, no. <laughs> I remember lying on the bed. and I remember looking at the midwife and I was like, can you please get someone with the needle now? Like, please, like, please, can you get me some pain relief because uh, I just it was just not it was just like the most intense pain but everyone told me it'd be like in my back and it wasn't it was like an actual just period that wasn't stopping wasn't. and I, I remember just like carrying on with doing things and then she was talking me through everything like what was going to happen and I remember just lying there and I knew I knew I wasn't going to get any pain relief. <laughs> because it was just too late late. and she looked at me and she was like Chloe I'm really sorry she was like but we can't give you an epidural she was like by the time that person comes down she was like you're gonna have this baby and I just I knew I knew it was gonna be like that and I was just like oh god okay 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 yeah right okay so they're putting these bands on the stomach so they can check her heartbeat Mm -hmm. and um there's a problem, she's moving so fast, like through, like down, mm. that they can't pinpoint the heartbeat. Yeah. So the midwife is down the other end and she's like, right, Chloe, um, we can't get a heartbeat properly. Like we're gonna get this doctor come in and scan you. So he comes in and scans me and said, a heartbeat is strong, but we need to like monitor it at all times because she's coming out very fast. And I was like right okay and so this basically the solution was there's a clip so it's a little clip and they put it on my baby's head And they said she's gonna have a, a cut and she might have a bruise
0: and I was like yeah that's fine just so we know what's happening so yeah because the, the clip just so in case people don't know is actually like a little needle yeah that just goes into the top of the head and yeah. Um, yeah so they can monitor baby but just yeah. in case people are like what's that
1: yeah. yeah so she does the it's like getting checked how dilated I was again she goes in she puts it in and she says right it's done now Chloe and then at the same time I'm getting all these um, cath- not catheters, uh, needles in my arm and um, I have particularly crap tiny veins and I remember just and I'm terrified of needles and I just remember not caring and I just like stick it in there I was like just put it in any vein I don't care because I was just I just needed it done it's like just hurry up just do it and um, obviously I had the SPD and the pelvic girdle pain and I remember being on my back and they were like can you turn to your side please and I was like oh my god so, turn to my sides, Connor's there, like, come on, Chloe, like, it's okay, like, I know you're in a lot of pain, like, I was, like, screaming as I'm turning over, like, because they need mm. me to do it, like, quickly, so I do it, and I've got, like, my leg up on a stirrup, and they're checking, and they're like, oh, we can, like, see baby's head and everything, I was like, yeah, okay, great, like, just, just tell me when it's nearly there, <laughs> and um, they notice that her head is, like, twisted to the side, so she said to me, right, Chloe, we need to put you back on your back. And I was like, yeah, okay. And we need to use a suction cup to turn her head. Otherwise it can like be a problem for her neck if she comes out too fast or her neck could bend. And um, her heart is got, keeps like going faster. Like she's um, getting a bit distressed. So we need to do that now. Um, it's going to leave a big bruise on like the top of her head, but it'll go after like a week or two. And I was just like, yeah, okay, as long as... Like, it's safe and it's okay. Like, I don't mind. So she does it, and I don't really feel it at all. Like, she's just like, okay, I'm doing it now. And I was like, right, okay. And she says, right, it's done. She's in, like, the perfect position and whatever. So I'm starting to feel, like, pressure and everything. And I can feel, like, warm, like, down there. And they're putting, like, a hot cloth on me, Mm -hmm. like, to get ready. So I'm pushing and whatever. And then the midwife... um, says to me, um, I just need an opinion of someone else, like um, another midwife. And she came in and she, she was this like surgeon, like she was, I knew like something, not that it wasn't right, they kept me really calm and they were like, I just need to speak to someone about something. So I remember this other midwife coming in and she was Welsh and she came next to me, but she was with the surgeon. The surgeon was from Australia, I remember her accent. And um, she was like, so what do we like? Cause I'm sat the beds and my legs are up and they're looking and they're like, what do you think? Like this situation, because her heart rate was getting faster and she was panicking, she was distressed. And the Australian woman was like looking at me and the midwife, they're like talking, and I was like, What's going on?
0: And um, then, at that point did they kind of when they came into the room did they kind of introduce themselves to you yeah yeah they, yeah, they did to be fair oh, like
1: fun. the Australian woman and the Welsh woman I can't remember the names but I'll call them Nessa and Sheila <laughs> that <just> seems good <laughs> enough <laughs> so Nessa comes next to me and she's like right Chloe but it was confusing because I'm trying to take gas and air even though it's making me sick I was just like just anything just anything to just make me feel mm. relief so I'm trying to do it and she's saying don't do the gas and air until you have a contraction and I was like well I'm constantly having a contraction mm-hmm. I was like they're not stopping I was like so I'm doing it and she's like oh no like and then there was one point I was like you know when you're in pain and you're trying to get away from it I was like pushing myself up out the bed I was like oh my god like something like for some reason this one was like really intense and I remember just looking at me and she's like Chloe like look at me she was like you can do it like just stay calm and she was really nice like she really did calm me Like she was kind of like, she was staring, but she was like, you're all right. Like you're fine. Cause I panicked. I thought like something was wrong. And I remember the, um, the surgeon was at the back and she was like, no, I think she can do this. She was like, she can definitely do it. But I remember the midwife who was down by the end, by my end. She was like, right Chloe, here's like, what's going to happen. She was like, Cherry's like heartbeat is going very rapid. She was like, she's distressed now in the next few pushes like she needs to come out so if she doesn't like we're going to use forceps and um, forceps was one of like my massive fears throughout the whole pregnancy like it's one thing I did not want to happen like I w- the whole time like if anyone asked me a birth plan I was like well I, I didn't really have a birth plan I was just like whatever happens happens like it mm-hmm. doesn't ever go to plan anyway But I do specifically remember saying, please no forceps if you can help it. I don't know why. They just scared me, like Mm -hmm. the size of them. And I was just, I remember looking at them and being like, there's no way I'm having no forceps. There's no way. And she said to me, if she does come out in the next few pushes, we might have to do an episiotomy. So if anyone doesn't know what that is, it's basically a, they take a scalpel and they cut you from like your vagina, like towards your anus basically mm-hmm. to make it like
0: it's less damaging for you yeah. like instead of if, tearing, yeah it's, if you tear sometimes it can tear a bit higgledy-piggledy so yeah. sometimes they'll choose to do an episiotomy so it's easier to heal and stops yeah. infection and things like that
1: yeah so I knew that was going to happen next and um, I remember her asking, like, oh, when's the last time you went in the toilet, Chloe? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, I can't remember. And I remember her being like, I'm gonna get this catheter and um I'm gonna empty your bladder. And for some reason, throughout my whole pregnancy, I was terrified of catheters. Like <laughs> it was one of my massive fears, catheters mm. and the forceps, and I don't know why. I remember just building myself up for it and like getting tears and being like oh my god I've got to have a catheter I didn't feel it at all like there was no I didn't feel it like what I was like are you done I was like prepping myself and she was like I did it eight and she's like I've done she was like yeah it's done It's like oh thank god for that <laughs> if they had to use the forceps they wanted my bladder to be empty they said but I remember sitting there and I was like I remember just stopping for a second and I was like and it was kind of it kind of looked like I was giving up and I was like oh, right okay and I remember I could feel this like contraction building up and I, I remember looking at Connor and I was like I can do this I was like no Connor I can do this so I grabbed like hold of the side I grabbed hold of Nessa who's looking at me I said to <laughs> Sheila at the back I was like I can do this <laughs> and she looked at me and she was like yes Chloe yes she can she was like yes oh, she can do it that. And I remember grabbing Connor and like squeezing his hands and like digging nails, and I was like, "I can do it." And Connor always laughs at this bit, but I started screaming, "I can do this!" I yeah, was like, throw everything!" And I was, yes! and I was like, "I can do it!" I was like, "I can do this!" And I was like shouting, and they were like, "Yes, yes, you, you can, you can." And I remember. It happened and they were like, it's so close, Chloe. And I remember um, when I was pregnant, people were telling me, like, you'll feel this ring of fire. So I'm waiting for this ring of fire. Like, I have to feel it, otherwise she's not there. And they're like, you're so close, Chloe, you're so close. And I'm screaming, I can do it, like, grab and hold. And I pushed and I hadn't even realised that she'd come out. And I'd asked for, like, skin to skin. And so she just got put on my chest and there's, like, a picture of me just as she came out and she's on my chest and I'm like still pushing like my eyes are closed and I'm pushing and really I thought she hadn't come out like I didn't feel her come out of me wow and I, just sat there and I was like oh my god I remember looking at Cara I was like I did it I was like
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes I looked
1: at Sheila I looked at her so I was like I did it I yeah, was like oh my god I did it and the woman I was like did you do the appeasement and she as she I like pushed she was like I'm doing the Me, I did not feel that at all like I thought it was gonna be really extreme pain but I think adrenaline just like completely kicked in
0: mm-hmm. I didn't
1: feel it at all like, I was shocked that I didn't feel, like, anything down there. Like, when she came out and, like, when she'd cut me, like, I didn't feel anything.
0: So and she, did they oh my, do the episiotomy to avoid using forceps?
1: Um, it wasn't so much that. It was more because um, the tear. Okay. So because I've had all this SPD and pelvic girdle pain and everything, they said, like, my hips were, like, there was a chance of me, her getting stuck. So I think right. it was also that as well. Like, they just wanted to make sure she came out smoothly and, like, quickly. Yeah. And if I got stuck, like, then they would have used the forceps. Yeah. So they did that and everything. I remember just holding that. And I wanted delayed, like, cord clamping. So I don't know if anyone knows what that is. But it, it's, I can't remember what it is. But they basically get a load of iron. Like, the blood from the umbilical cord goes inside your baby. And it's, like, all the stem cells okay. and everything.
0: Yeah, so there's there's it's a third of the baby's blood yeah. is still in the placenta when the baby is born. Loads of different, obviously, nutrients from you, stem cells from the placenta keeping keep baby alive. So the cord is cut straight away. We basically cut off the supply okay. um, of all the things, all the beautiful things baby can get from the placenta. So if you leave the cord pulsating until it's white, all yeah. the nutrients have passed through the placenta through the cord to baby. Yeah, so that's why. Yeah, it's it's actually becoming a lot more normalised now to delay cord clamping, whereas it used to be like you know you watch TV and it's like straight away they're in there with a pair of scissors, aren't they? And what looks like pegs for you? (laughs) Yeah. Um. yeah So that's so you did delay cord clamping. Yes, I did. I just remember reading all about it, and I was like, yeah, that's
1: what I want to do when it happens. And she was on my chest and she was just like looking around and I was just like oh my god like you're mine I was like that's like yeah. I can't believe, like this is happening I remember Connor cutting a cord after we'd waited a few minutes and then um the next thing was the placenta but I just remember them saying do you want this needle to get like the placenta out and I was just I was just like yeah okay like I'd, I'd read about it and everything and I just said yeah all right I'll do that so they did it and within like a minute like the placenta was out and I really regret not taking a picture of my placenta because I love all stuff like that and I remember seeing it in the bowl and I was like oh my god like that was in my stomach and that had my I remember looking at it and they asked me what I wanted to do with it and I was just like it's really sad because I wanted to donate it but they don't do they there's only like three or four hospitals in the whole of the UK that take donated placentas Yes. and my hospital unfortunately wasn't one of them so it was kind of like well there's nothing we can do with it so it's just going to go to the
0: incinerator and I was like oh it's mm. a bit sad but I didn't think of anything else <laughs> did you would you do you know much about um different things you can do with the placenta now I did read about it and I did look online
1: I know that I think there's a woman in Liverpool that does it because I remember reading about it and I
0: was like, oh God, that's sounds... because you can get all like face masks and everything for it now, can't yeah. you? Can do everything more yeah. <laughs> placenters theres so many different things you can do. And a lot of them aren't really known. You know, you can bury them, make placenta art, yeah. make capsules, tinctures, yeah.
1: Um
0: so many, so many different things. Obviously making them into smoothies and things like that.
1: I wish I'd have looked more into it because I think now like if I have had other children I think I would do something with it because it just seems like such a massive waste because I remember looking at it and just being like that had my baby and for like nine months like it's just such a shame that's going to be put in a waste bag and it's going to be turned into dust basically Absolutely, I mean if
0: proud. we don't if we don't have the awareness around it to know at that point then you know we learn and then again as you say if you choose to have another baby you have the awareness around it now to make a decision and go actually I'm gonna do this or that yeah and it's just given me shivers when you were like I can do this (laughs) because you know especially what you'd just been through through the nine months of being so unwell saying you know you didn't want medication for it for your mental health and everything and then having that trauma with your scan and then actually arriving at the hospital and that to then have that that empowerment within yourself to come through is just like fucking amazing yeah, it's absolutely amazing. It was a roller
1: coaster, but and it, just towards the end, I just knew I was like, "This is it." I was like, "I'm doing this. I'm not having them force yeah. general. and that's it."
0: Yeah. And you remember.
1: did. But Connor always laughs. He was like, "Cause you were screaming the, down the hospital corridor." I was like, "I can do this." Yes. Like all of them, like at the surgeon, at Nessa, at Connor. I was like, "No, I'm doing it." Yeah. But yeah, afterwards I just remember sitting there with on my chest, and she was like, "Okay, Chloe, like we're gonna stitch you up. It's only, it's a second degree tear. I didn't feel anything. Like they, she said you'll feel a sharp scratch, and I didn't really feel it at all. Mm-hmm. And so if anyone's like terrified of like that afterwards, honestly, like the adrenaline has kicked in, and you kind of just don't care. Yeah. Like you just sat there, and you just like I couldn't care less about anything going on around me because I have my baby." And it's the best feeling in the world. But um yeah, I just remember I was gonna breastfeed and um, I said to the midwife, I was like, so what happens like now? And she was like, Well, because it went like smoothly, she's like, You can leave. She was like, as long as you like eat, get a shower, um, go to the toilet, and she latches on, like, you can leave. And I just remember sitting there and being like, okay, but it was kind of. They weren't forcing me to leave but it was kind of like this was the height of the first pandemic like this was like the peak yeah. and no one knew like what we know now and everyone was panicking so i think they were kind of saying like just leave, leave as quick as you can like from this hospital don't take the risk and basically just go so i remember just being like right order some foods quickly get it in <laughs> so i was getting ready getting a shower and I'd literally just given birth I was like I'm getting a shower now went to a shower came back ate food drank like pints of water because I was like I need to go to the toilet as soon as I possibly can I remember um trying to get cherry to latch on and it was quite difficult but what I'd been doing is collecting colostrum and I think I must have had like about 40 syringes of colostrum at home So I'd been collecting it for like weeks and I'd collected like these full tubes of it. And um, it was getting like, they'd done all the inspections on cherry and everything. And they were like, she's perfectly fine. Like we've done all the checks and everything. And um, she wasn't latching. And the midwife said to me, she said, how many vials of like colostrum? And I said like 40, it's like, if not more, I was like collecting it for a while. And she said, well, we're happy to let you go without a latching on because you've collected so much, which I wish they'd have mm-hmm. <laughs> let me. But they told me, like, you'd have to stay overnight to see someone. And I was just like, I'd rather go home now because I feel, like, scared because mm-hmm. it's kind of like, you should go home. Like, we think mm-hmm. you should go home. But from for about eight months I basically had to pump to feed Cherry (laughs) instead of like her latching on and everything which wasn't bad but it was just like I wish there was more like lactation consultants and everything at the time like it's just sad that it all got caught and everything like there was no one there to teach Mm -hmm. me like how this is how a baby latches on and this is normal and whatever but yeah um they said I could go and literally four hours after I'd had her that was it. They said, here's some um, needles. There was 10 injections that I had to do every night of um, to make sure I didn't have blood clots. And again, I'm terrified of the needles, but I was just like, I'm just going to do it because I don't yeah. want to come back here. And four hours later, I was home with her. And that was it. Like, it was
0: done. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. with their breastfeeding support, did you have any support in the coming days yeah. or weeks at all? Not at all so everything got cancelled like absolutely everything I remember
1: sitting there and oh yeah I forgot to say when I stood up after I'd given birth all that pain from SPD pelvic pain disappeared it was like
0: wow magic
1: like I was walking on a cloud I was like oh my god (laughs) but it was fantastic but I remember going home and I stared at her all night I didn't sleep because I was like oh my god like I don't know what to do like and um I remember it being like three days after and I hadn't had like a call or anything from anyone and I was just like hmm a bit strange and then I finally got a call like on day five and they were like oh like we've heard you've had your baby and um, we're gonna send a midwife out to weigh her and um, yeah that was it basically so they came out and they weighed her and she asked how I was and I remember crying to her because like all your hormones are just like rife. Mm. And I remember still having like anxiety and the next worry was like SIDS and everything. And I was mm. panicking, like I was staying up all night, like watching her sleep because I was terrified. And um, she couldn't even like hug me and say everything's like going to be okay. She was like, I'm really sorry. She was like, I would hug you usually and like tell you that it's going to be okay. And like this worry goes through every mom's mind when they first bring home their baby. She said, but I can't. And it was kind of, it was just so sad, like that situation. And then after that, and they weighed her, she'd like only dropped like a little amount of weight and they were happy with that. They were like, oh, so she's feeding well. Like she is going to be putting on weight. And then I think it was a few days later, they weighed her again and she put on more weight. And then that was it. That was the last time I seen a midwife, a health visitor. I didn't see anyone. Like I was left to it, like even my stitches, Like, I thought I would have to see a doctor or something. And no, I didn't see anyone until Cherry had her first needles. And the doctor, like, quickly brushed over everything. I was like, is she okay? Is she feeling? Yeah, yeah. Any concerns? No. They, like, didn't ask, like, how my stitches were or anything. And I remember just sitting there. And I didn't have any complaints. Like, I knew I was healing well. Like, I was fine. But Mm -hmm. when I came out afterwards, I was like, how strange that no one has checked in to see especially since I was on the mental health like team like they were getting in like the only time that they asked me about it was when I was at the doctors with Cherry for her first needles and that was at like three months when she was three months old and um, I remember speaking to Connor and he was just like has no one asked you like if you're okay and I was like luckily I am because if I wasn't like imagine if I was like severely like unwell right now like if I didn't Mm -hmm. have Connor I don't know how I would have coped but it was just really like bad like the whole Covid thing like has just stopped everything Mm -hmm. it was just really sad and I was just like oh she's not seeing like anyone like I we didn't move from like our house at all because they were saying like stay in don't go out yeah especially with like a newborn and they didn't know how it affects like newborns or anything. So no one from my family apart from Chris had met her and it was just, it was very lonely. Like like, it's hard as well. Like Connor's like my best friend, but living with each other all day, every day and like being furloughed, both of us like constantly with each other with a screaming baby. And half the time you don't know what's wrong with them. Like it does get hard and it does get lonely. And it's always nice to like have your mum be like, oh, like I'll take them or I'll do this or you have sleep. Like it was just me and him for I think, well, until I moved here basically. So mm-hmm. it's been always just me and him looking after her, taking care of everything for that mm-hmm. whole time. Like we didn't really have anyone around us. Like there was wow. no baby classes or anything. No. She's like wow. not another baby. <laughs>
0: s what a journey and you know I'd like to think that a lot of things would have been different if the Covid thing hadn't have happened but you know yeah as you said thank goodness that you were in a good place mentally afterwards like even after everything you've been through where potentially you could have been potentially in a worse off position yeah you know um God, and the strength of coming through that is just amazing literally so in awe and unfortunately it's something that you know obviously I wish you didn't have to have gone through
1: yeah.
0: but yeah it's just so nice that you know you are back home and having that support now but yeah. it would have been so nice to have it at that time I imagine so it's sad because like literally no one like
1: even held her like no one got to see her at a newborn stage you know when you like you want to go out and you want to go for a walk and like shower off to everyone like we didn't get to do that at all like she yeah. met like no one like mm. no one and it was just it was it was just, just sad wasn't it like yeah. didn't know what we do now knew now like obviously it's still like rife and everything but it, I feel like it's it eased a lot more. Like, I do feel like pregnant women, like, have it not a bit better, but they've um, they've eased it to make it easier for pregnant women now. Like, ugh, I don't know. I mean, the scans and everything. Th- I've heard people, they're getting reintroduced and, like, you're allowed to bring your partner in now and everything. I think in some hospitals.
0: I but think if, in some, so all yeah. the hospitals have different policies.
1: But it's just weird that the, they all have different policies. Like, I think it should be... Like, if you live with that person and what difference would it make if they come into the hospital halfway through you giving birth or not? Like, I feel sorry for people who've had to have inductions and everything. Who've had to sit in on their own, like not knowing what's going on. And like having to do that on their own. Like I was, I consider, it's weird. I feel lucky because I was ready to go. Like I was 10 centimeters, Mm -hmm. she was coming out. Like I was, Connor could come in straight away. And because I was leaving that day, like, Connor could stay with me. Like, they didn't tell him to leave after so many hours. But I've heard a lot of stories, like, from people who were at the same hospital as me. Like, their partner's basically being, like, shoved out after, like, two hours of meeting their baby. And women having C-sections and their partner's not being allowed in at all. And it's just, I find it, sh- it's just strange, isn't it? Like, imagine having a C-section and you they tell you to take it easy and like not lift the baby as much and you've been left alone in this hospital like
0: uh, it's just mad it's madness Um, I know they're trying to keep everyone safe but yeah and I think just with the birth world though as well I know yeah as you say they are trying to keep people safe in lots of different ways however the circumstances of birth can affect the mental health of potentially three if you're having a single baby you know yeah
1: um
0: parents and child yeah. um for their their journey with birth it's one of the biggest things that you go through you know it's a rite of passage it's complete you know change it's a rebirth for yourself and obviously the birth of the baby and that's the baby's story it's the start of their life that story yeah. and I think that's not taken into consideration just the magnitude of how the circumstances around birth can affect and impact lives actually. So yeah, it's it's really, really made me feel really emotional actually hearing your story and just really sad about what is happening in the and world and how it really needs to be spoken about. So thank you so much for sharing. And now it's quite a vulnerable story to share. So I really appreciate it. No, yeah, I love telling everyone about
1: it. <laughs> Although I, I do look back and I think, wow, like what the hell was going on? But um, mm. I, I consider myself like one of the lucky ones. Like I know you're saying like it, it was like, when I think about it, like barbaric, like what they did, like they left me for them days known for while well. I was like in labor, like in agony, but they wanted me to be at a certain point. They wanted me to be past five centimeters, basically. They knew like I wasn't, but to leave me like in pain and then to make me walk all in corridors on my own and everything else, and I, I just found it mad. Like now I do when I think of it. And when I spoke to my mum about it, my mum was saying like, that was really like bad. What happened? Like, I have no faults, to be fair. Like the people who, when I did give birth, like they were amazing. I was calm throughout the whole thing. And so it was Connor. like they, at no point did I think something's wrong, like something's yeah. happening. But just the things leading up to it, like the canceling of the sweep and everything, like it just put me down even more. And I just felt like defeated. And then everything being canceled, like all these baby groups and everything canceled and lactation support cancelled everything and then to do that at the end I was just when I look back it was really bad it was bad but I understand because everyone was terrified but yeah
0: (laughs) so you know like it's still valid for you to you know that period how you say you want to go off and show your newborn allow your family or friends to come in and meet baby and yeah the moments that maybe you would have had at some point if the pandemic hadn't have been happening or if circumstances have been different and I know there's you know no point in looking back but you're allowed to grieve for that because I
1: feel like I definitely did not have like a normal experience like people were like baby shower like baby shower I've never been interested in parties or anything like that I'm not really like that but I do feel sad that I didn't get to see my family before I had her and, like, mm-hmm. celebrate that I was having a baby and, like, oh, look, like, um having this baby, let's all get together. Like, I didn't get to do that. I didn't get to, like, have my mum round or my dad round. Like, Cherry has not met Connor's side of the family yet. They're all in London mm-hmm. and she's still yet to meet them. Like, she's a year old next year and mm-hmm. she's not met, like hardly any of them like Mm -hmm. it's really sad but it's just I suppose because she's my first I don't know any different and I'm Mm -hmm. hoping next time it will have changed
0: and (laughs) I'll be able to I'm sure it will have done I'm sure it will have done Mm -hmm. and if you know if you were to look back and I know obviously we couldn't change anything about the pandemic but if if there was one thing you knew or you wish you'd been aware of going into your birth what would it have been
1: oh god like it sounds so like cliche but just like listening to everyone everyone used to tell me like just listen to the midwife and you'll be fine but honestly like the midwife who was next to me was such like a common woman like she I can't like thank her enough Mm. for the way like it sounds like she was telling me off but she wasn't she was just like look at me she was like you're gonna be fine everything and I think if you just listen and if you just try it's easier said than done but try just breathe and just let everything happen like Mm. don't think the worst of things like I used to Like like surrender to it yeah like just let it happen and whatever's gonna happen it's gonna happen because I think I just, in my mind, I was just like, whatever needs to happen from this point, like, I don't, well, I do care, but I don't care. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to panic. I'm going to stay calm for the sake of hair. And I'm just going to let this all play out the way it should. And it did. And it was fine and it was perfect. Yeah. And the midwives were amazing. And especially and as well like Connor like he was like listen to your partner speak to him if you're concerned if you're scared to like say something to like a midwife or like I remember being at one point and I was like my lips are so like I'd bitten my lips because I was in pain I remember turning to Connor I was like my lips are so dry and he was like he's like one second and he like said out loud, and was like do you have any vaseline for her lips and they're like yeah of course like I'll go get um, it but so, like speak to your partner like they can help too like it's not just like mm. they just have to sit next to you and be like oh god like she's in pain I'll hold her hands." like yeah. they can get involved a lot more like yeah she's crazy like definitely speak to your partner more if you're just yeah worried and scared to say anything or like I remember when they were turning me on my side like it was agony and I said to Connor I was like I can't turn anymore and he said like to the midwife she can't turn anymore like she's in too much pain like it's agony like can we please just keep her in one position now and they did they listened because I was too like scared to say anything and trying to concentrate on anything else but, yeah. he was
0: being your doula yeah.
1: <laughs> I love it but yeah he was just he's very supportive he was very yeah he was calm he just stayed yeah very level-headed lovely <laughs> it love was great that. <laughs> love that.
0: and so if you had one piece of advice for a first time mother or father what would it be oh god um
1: <laughs> sleep when anyone in fact you know what take the help when you want like when you can like don't think that you have to do it all like the amount of times i've said no like i'm fine i can do it and then i just burn out and would just tie myself out and there'd be cherry crying i'd be crying <laughs> i'd be like sobbing And instead of just being like, I just need a bit of help, or I just need a break, like just because you're the mother or the father, like you don't have to do absolutely everything Mm. and you don't have to be perfect. Like there's going to be days where you just slob out and you just stay in your pajamas all day and you're just like, the house's a mess. But and that's a victory. Yeah. Like when you've got that new baby, like it doesn't matter. Like Mm. you don't have to. And I think as well, the pandemic thing. It was quite good (laughs) for, like, because when you have a baby, you expect everyone to come around, so you need everything pristine and perfect, but because of the pandemic, I was like, I don't care. Like, my house was a state. Like, I just didn't care apart from just to take care of her. But, yeah, definitely sleep when you can. (laughs) Take a break. Mm. Eat. Make sure you drink as much water as you can. Mm. And talk to one another. Don't keep it all in. Try to speak to each other at all times and communicate because I don't think if me and Connor like spoke as much as we did and if I say to Connor like I need a break like I need a couple of hours like he would happily be like of course like you're doing everything just calm down stop burning yourself out Mm -hmm. I think just listen to each other speak when you're feeling certain ways like there were certainly times when I was upset and I was scared and I was having anxiety and thinking about things and being like oh my god like something's gonna happen and I would speak to him instead of letting it fester and like yeah me going to bed crying and being up all night again yeah um, just, just communicate as much as possible and it doesn't just have to be your partner like family as well you want to yeah. vent about your partner <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah find someone communicate as much as possible and just yeah. enjoy it really like it's hard when the Screaming the house down, and you're like so tired. But after the first three, four weeks, it does start to get easier. Like, it will get easier if you think like it's not, and like, oh my God, they hate me. All they do is scream at me. It's not that way at all. Like, it does get better. And it's the best thing that you'll ever do
0: in your life. Like,
1: it's the best thing.
0: Yeah. I love that. Oh, amazing. And one last question before we finish. Yeah. Would did you or would you have considered hiring a doula at any point? I think I would have. Like, I love
1: the thought of like, like if someone if they just said to me like, do you want a student midwife or someone to come in? I'd have been like, yeah, because I love like people learning new things and experiencing it. I like, like whenever they did say, do you mind if someone sits in? I'd be like, of course. Like, the more people now, like. The better things will get. Like that's always the thing that I think of. Like with anything I do. Like if they say, "Do you want? To, do you mind if we bring someone? Or do you mind if someone like watches?" I'm like, "Yeah, of course." So a doula, definitely. I think it would be a good experience, and yes. it would be new. And I think it's a learning point for doulas as well. Like to watch, and the more and more that you go to, like the more and more you're going to learn and everything else. So I think, that's yeah. Yeah, I'm Amazing. quite open about all that. Like, I don't mind people being like, "Oh, do you mind if I now go ahead, come in?"
0: <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, welcome. Yeah, just holding you in that, in in awe of your strength and the strength that women go through. All those in women's bodies and the journey they go on to bring their babies safely to earth is yeah. profound. Yes. and yes. So profound. So thank you so much for sharing. And you're welcome. Yeah, yes. <laughs> we'll speak soon. Yes, we will. Thank you, Beck. Thank you for Bye. having me on. Thanks for coming on. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Way of the Womb podcast. If this episode resonated with you and if you enjoyed this episode please take a screenshot and share this on your social media tag me at Birthkeeper and drop me a message let me know how you found it and if you feel called please feel free to leave a review it just helps other people to find the podcast so that we can build community and gather together thanks so much sending all the love